It will never be my home. I am just a pilgrim passing through. I'm just passing through. I'm not, you know, uh, um, I'm not camping out. I'm not building earthly things. But what I want to build is heavenly things. So when my father called for me to come home, you know, I'll be ready. I want to make sure I'm ready when, when he calls my name. And I, I'm thankful for that. I'm, I, I'm, when I think about what he's done, I get full. I, 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 really, I really get full when I think about what he has done for us. Uh, it's individually. Amen. At this time, we're going to hear the word of God. Amen. morning, church. Can y'all hear me okay? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your blessings. We thank you for life this morning, Father. You have blessed us in so many ways. God, we thank you. We can never say thank you enough. But Father, with this little tongue that we do have, we give you praise and honor as best we know how. Our prayer today, Father, is that our hearts and our minds will receive this word and take it out gladly into a dying world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Our message today is, I have shown the old man. We'll be coming out of Micah 6, verses 8. Micah 6, verses The word of the Lord here says, he has shown the old man, and he should be on the monitor, what is good. And what doeth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, to love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. I have shown thee, O man, that which is required of thee. God requires three things. To do justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. Three things. And we as man, we've made things very complicated. Can I get an amen on that? The world is in a downward spin. And only God will be able to bring us out. You see, God is not interested in sacrifices or religious acts that have no true spiritual meaning behind it in your heart. Amen? Throughout the Bible, over and over, Christ followers are called to act justly, to end oppression, to take care of the poor, Treat foreigners in your land the same as your own people. Treat widows and orphans who have no way of providing for themselves and need our help. Mm -hmm. This is the way God treats us 
And it's also the way that God expects us to treat one another. But as we can see in this world today, that's not always so. James 1.27 tells us that true religion is to visit the fatherless and the widows of the land, keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's what true religion is. But we, as a people of God, we've made ourselves and we've become off track. I want you to go with me to Jeremiah 22, verses 3 through 5. It's a good example of such instructions from God. Jeremiah 22, verses 3 through 5. Amen? Amen. The word of the Lord reads as this. It says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of not one country, but out of all countries. Mm -hmm. Whether... I have driven them and will bring them again to their foals and they shall be fruitful and they shall increase. Somebody say fruitful and increase. Amen, amen, amen. And I will, verse 4 says, I will set up shepherds over them which shall do what? Feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. For behold, verse 5 says, The days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. We live in a world today where the shepherds over God's people are annihilating them, taking from them, bringing them deeper into poverty by telling them lies that God is going to do this for them if they do that. God is going to do this for them if they do that. God is going to do this for them if they do that. But the word of the Lord says, I have shown thee, O man, that which is good. And I have shown thee also that which is required of thee. And that is to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. The church is to serve as God's prophetic witness in the world today. But we cannot do this when we are more loyal to the norms and the laws of our nation more than we are dedicated to the laws and the ordinance of God. Can I get an amen? amen. God says, now I've shown thee that which is good. So to be justly means to treat people right. Treat them as 
you would have them to treat you. The golden rule that says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Amen? Amen. Being justly and doing what is justly means having a right judgment about things. And a right judgment about things cannot come from man alone, but it must come from the decrees that God has in his book. And God's decree says, I have shown thee, O man, that which is good and that which is required of thee. And he places three things, just three. All we got to do is do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Well, we know that doing what's justly simply means doing what's right toward other people and toward thyself. Amen? In accordance to God's law, not in accordance to our own. Because you know we can mess up something. We can really screw it up. And God says in the book of Jeremiah, he's going to set up shepherds, pastors over you that's going to feed his flock, that's going to teach his flock what's right, that's not going to steal. You know, it's funny how when the, the, the shepherds need something, they come to the people. But when the people come to the shepherd, the shepherd say, just go to God. There's something wrong with that. You see, I've never been in this for money. If I figured I was going to get rich doing this, then I never would have took up the sword to handle this. And let me tell you something. I got cuts all over me from this thing because this thing is dangerous. And as I preach to you, I also preach to myself because God is talking to all of us. We're all children of his. Amen? So let's look at this thing called mercy because the world needs mercy today. Let's go to Luke 10, verses 30 through 31. Can I get it up on the monitor, please? It says here, and Jesus, here's the the scenario of this. There was this lawyer that came to Jesus. And Jesus was, and he, they were interacting with each other. And the lawyer was talking about how he had did this and how he had did that and how he had did this and how he had did that. And then he tried to trap Jesus. He He said, now who is my neighbor? And he was doing this to try to set himself up. In a place where it ought not be. Amen? Amen. See, a lot of times we set ourselves, we have to be very careful people. We don't want to inflate ourselves to a place where we don't need to be. But Jesus answered him saying, a certain man could have been anybody. A certain man went down from Jerusalem, which is a city of peace, which is God's peace in us. Amen? Look where he left. He left the peace of God. To go down to, somebody say, the world. And how many of y'all know that the world is a needy place? Filled with thieves. So when he went down to the world, I'm sure all of us can identify with this. We fell among thieves. You know, thieves, what they do is they take from you. 
Look what happened. And they stripped him of his garment, which is his spiritual essence. Will not the world strip you of your spiritual nature with God? Will it not do that? Will it not also wound you? It wounded him. It will wound you too. Amen? Every time we leave the peace of God and go to the world, do we not get stripped? Things get taken from us. We get in a boo-hoo party and we're left half dead. Half dead. Next verse, please. And by chance, uh uh-huh, there came where? Look, Look at that word down. There came down a certain, could have been any preacher, a certain priest. That word certain, I mean, it could be anybody. Say he came down a certain priest that way. That means that the preacher man was going down to the world too. Going the same way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now, we're talking about mercy now. I've shown the old man that which is required of thee. Uh huh. That you do justly and that you. Love mercy, we deal with mercy now, and that you walk humbly with thy God, but we deal with mercy right now. And when he saw him, he passed on by him as if he were not. Now, this is a man of God. Now, 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 let me say this. The man that fell upon the thieves, hmm, he knew God too, because he was leaving Jerusalem, the peace of God, to go down to the world. See, they all going the same way. We all go down to the world sometimes, whether you believe it or not. And we get stripped of who we are in the process of that, right? And then we go back crying to God, do we not? And after a while, God strengthens us again and rises us back up. And then we forget, but we shouldn't. I'm talking to myself too. Because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Didn't say some have fallen short, it said all have. Ain't none of us in here. Look, you got two peas in a pot, boiling hot. One pea say to the other pea, man, why you in there? It's hot in there. Well, you in there too. Why you in here? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, the goose can't talk about the gander. You know, one can't talk about the other. And that's the problem with self-righteousness in the church today. That's the problem with religion. That's why nobody don't want to come to church. Because we can't confess our sins and our faults among one another so that we can be healed. We got too much junk in our trunk. And instead of tying that trash can around our own trash can around our own neck and looking into it, we somewhere else digging in somebody else's trash can. Clean out your own trash can. Don't, you know, and I'll guarantee you, you got enough mess in your own that you don't, you, you don't need to be worried about what somebody else got in their trash can because I got enough in mine. It says, and by chance that came a certain priest, could be any old preacher at any time, that way. And when he saw him, he passed him on by, just went on, went on by. Just went on by. Like he wasn't even there. Ain't no mercy in that. Where's the mercy? How many times have you needed help and you went to a Christian fellow and they just overlooked you? 
I've had preachers, when I've had problems, I've had them where they wouldn't even pray for me. They got all self-righteous like they were all that. And next thing I know, they sick, and I'm going visiting them. Mm-hmm. I visited one the other day, when, yesterday. God, we ought to be careful about how we deal with this thing, man. Let's look at James 2.13. James 2.13. It says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that has shown no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. What he's saying is here is that whosoever does not show mercy won't receive no mercy. That priest that walked by that man who was in need, who was one of his brethren, because they were both coming from the same place and going down to the same place. You see, what the preacher don't understand is that the fact that thieves could have fell on him too. It could have been the other way around. That's why when I see people holding up signs and everything, needing money and stuff, if I got it in my pocket, I ain't got no problem giving. Because I don't know, I could be just—I just might be giving to Jesus. The Bible says, "Make sure that you entertain strangers, because they've been angels on the way." You—you don't know who that is holding that. <laughs> but you gonna go there and give them the third degree? What, what you want? With, what you? Or I'll buy you some food. That ain't what he asked for. The Bible says, "If you got give, he didn't tell you to do nothing about judging. Nothing." After you've done what your part, God will handle that over there. Amen? But see, we like being the judge, the jury, and the executioner too, don't we? Mm-hmm. I know I'm convicting some of you right now because some of you have done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go back to Luke. Luke 10. Verse 32. Luke 10, verses 32. Over there. Here come another character. He's a Levite. He knows God too. Because the Levites... Or where they get the priesthood from in the Old Testament. Amen? And likewise, the Levite. When he was at the place, uh-huh, he came and he looked on him. And he did the same thing preacher man done. Levites are the ones that served in the sanctuary of God. They're supposed to know God. They're supposed to know that God is a merciful God. Often returning. God's mercy endures forever. Forty-one times in the Bible. His mercy endures forever. Forty-one times. And most of them is in the book of Psalms. Where David wrote. Because David went through some stuff. 
David was a murderer, adulterer, a peeping tongue. He was all that. Yeah, he was that too because he was peeping at that man's wife from the top. That's the peeping tongue, right? Wait a minute. That's your hero, ain't it? And one of your heroes. Before Doc Manley get caught peeping Tom in the old oh, hole. <laughs> Even though I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying though, how those people that we call our hero, Moses a murderer, Paul a murderer, of the Christian. It's amazing how our heroes are really just normal men who do crazy things and God forgives. Mm -hmm. David, a man after God's own heart. But God wouldn't let him build a temple for him because he said, look here, son, you you got too much blood on your hand. Mm. That is amazing. Thank you, Jesus. So we look here and we see that this Levite, he's doing the absolute very same thing. And these men, the one that fell on thievery, the one that was wounded and stripped of his spiritual essence and left half dead, he knew God. The priest knew God, or of God, and the Levite knew God too. But here's the problem. The problem is this. Didn't neither one of these men show any mercy? You're supposed to be on your post. Did none of these men know you? Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to start calling some things out. The Bible says rebuke openly so that others may feel. I'm going to start doing that too. That's in there. You see, this is an insane aside. This is insanity that we're living in now. And we got to be on watch at all times. Because being the shepherd over this house, me and Brenda, we got to watch out for y'all souls. And we need people in place that's going to do what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. Because your souls are at stake. Your lives are at stake. So I don't want to have to do that no more. Or I'm really going to get come down hard. This is not a joke. This is the real deal. Our lives are at stake. And we are the protector of God's people. Amen? Amen. The watchman of y'all souls. And the people I put in position, I expect for them to do their jobs. I expect that. You don't know who's running up in that door. Amen? Say that no more. Luke ten thirty three says, "But 
That's a conjunction. It's fixing to cancel out everything else that was. Put that up on the monitor for me, son. But a certain, uh-oh, that, that word is certain again. Could have been anybody, right? Could have been anybody. But a certain Samaritan. <laughs> Ooh. As he journeyed, came where he was, came where the man was that was messed up. And when he saw him, he had a thing called, somebody say mercy. mercy. Compassion on him. Now, now, now let's look at something here. Samaritan was a mixed breed, amen? Hated by Israel. Israel didn't like Samaritans because they was a mixed breed. They weren't pure. But the very one, that's why I always say bring them along. You might need them. The very one that you think won't give you a glass of water is the one that will. And the one that you think will be there for you in your time of need, they'll be the ones when you're down and out, they'll put their foot on your neck as if you need anybody else to cash you down. Amen? Anybody ever experienced that? But the Samaritan, he had compassion. Hebrews 13, I believe, 2 tells us once again, and I'm going to repeat this scripture again. Be sure that you entertain strangers because they've been angels unaware. You don't know who it is. But this Samaritan, which was hated, even by the man he was about to help, a Jew. He was hated by him. But how many of y'all know that the one you hate sometimes be the one that show you love? Because love covers a multitude of sin. And when you're in doubt, all you got to do is love. That's all you got to do. When you're out there on your jobs and meeting people, Invite them to church. Talk to people. Tell them, oh, we're over here building the church, trying to get it together. And although we meet tens of millions each week through our world television networks and all this streaming live and all this stuff with these cameras, you know, and I need more cameramen because we got the camera. But the thing is, is that we also want to fill this place up. So open your mind when you're out and about and on your jobs. You know, show mercy. Tell them, we know a place where you can get some mercy. We know a place where you can get God's mercy. Love and the true word of God. Not all this hype. See, there's too much entertainment in the church. Everything now is entertainment. Well, we don't entertain here. It's the word of God. God, God didn't place the music above his name, all his name. He placed the word of God above all his name. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. God don't say that he come into play until the third realm of that. And the word was God. That's the third level of it. In other words, he backed himself up and put that word out there because that word is him. 
You're only as good as your word. If your word ain't no good, then you you can have all the money in the world. But you can't be trusted. Amen? Or, like my granddaddy used to say, my word is my bond. Son, I'm going to get anything I want because of my word. I don't have to sign no papers. All I got to do is come with my word. And my word is trusted enough. And that's how God wants us. He wants us to trust his word, people. He wants us to understand that he is able to do this thing. And God is merciful and he is often returning with his mercy. Amen? (coughs) So as we go on down through here, we see that. Verse 34. And he went to him, that's the Samaritan, and he bound up his wound, mm. and he poured some oil and wine, which is some spirit and anointing in him. You know, sometimes you, you, you got to talk to people in their pain. You know what I'm saying? I didn't say sometimes you got to quote scriptures to people. I say sometimes you got to talk to people in their pain. In other words, you got to go through something before you can help somebody else come out of something. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I say you got to go through something before you can try to help somebody else come out of something. All you're going to be doing is shooting blanks, quoting scriptures, and sometimes quoting scriptures is not the call of the day. Jesus didn't always quote scripture. Well, the Lord said this. No, Jesus would throw a parable out there to you. He used something that you could understand. When the woman got caught in adultery, Jesus got down in the dirt with her. Sometimes we got to get down low so that we can bring somebody else up high. Amen? Sometimes you got to give yourself compassion and love. Sometimes. You got to know how to do that for yourself. Because you can be so down on yourself until you depress your own self. You have your own self crazy. Amen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just because you're up today, that don't mean you're going to be up tomorrow. Because life is like this. What goes around comes around. So for every good day you've got, thank God for that day. And every bad day you've got, got, you give him thanks too. But you go to him and you ask God for his mercy. Because God's mercy will prevail in your life and in my life too. But without mercy, we're in trouble. Because without mercy, and, and like I say, while you're giving somebody else mercy, make sure you give yourself some too. Don't be trying to give everybody else mercy and ain't got sense enough to give yourself some because you're human. You're human. So make sure that you don't do that. Now, now, now he said, now look, now. Verse 34 says he went to him, went to him. A man that hated him, but he went to him anyway because he was in need. 
He bound up his wound. He poured the oil and the wine, which is the anointing and the spirit in, and he set him on his own beast. In other words, he took on his burdens. The man was down in the dump. Sometimes we have to take on other people's burdens to try to help them along the way. Do you believe that? Sometimes people are so confused and so distraught until they can't even find their way out of a paper bag, an empty paper bag. You can get that confused in life, people. Don't you ever think that you've got it all going on today just because you might have a few dollars in your pocket, a car that you drive, and a home and stuff. All that can be wiped away just by the hand of God. You better hear me. And the way that things are going on right now in this world today, wave after wave after wave of bad weather, and wave after wave after wave of people killing each other, and wave after wave after wave of thievery, and wave after wave after wave of lies in the government and lies in the church and everything. People, I'm telling you, God is speaking to us, and he's trying to get us to wake up. He's trying to get us to be that, that prodigal son, Come back home. Don't wait to try to come home waiting on something to hit first or waiting until something hit. Come before. Don't wait to pray when something happened. Pray before something happened. Don't wait to give to God thinking that you're going to get something back. Just give to him anyway because God says, now look, the things that you do for the poor, the Lord will repay. Talked to your father the other day and your father said something very profound. And he said, you know what? He said, it's easy to have a testimony. <coughs> he said, that's a cheap testimony. When you got a big old church and you got all these people coming in and they giving money, you ain't got nothing to worry about, right? He said, but a true testimony is where you just got a few members and God making it happen anyway. Because 80, 90% of your members, I'm thinking to hit you, ain't paying no tithes no way. I, I guess I better sit down. Mm-hmm. But God make it happen anyway. He said, that's a true testimony of God. Uh-huh. That's true testimony. This is for those that aren't, not for those that are. If you are, then don't worry about it. But if you aren't, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because you're already running off the road. Because you're stealing from God. Mm-hmm. You're stealing from God. That's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> Look at us. Uh, Verse 35 here. Luke 10, verse 35. And on the morrow, that's your next season. When he do parted, he took out two pence. And he gave them to the host. And he said unto him, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. That's his word right there, right? Man didn't make no squabble about it at the end. Took him in, did whatever, because he knew that that man was about his word. Amen? 
Verse 36 says, Which now, Jesus asked the lawyer, Which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that, the lawyer said, And he, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go, you do likewise. You see, the old lawyer was the one that tried to trick Jesus and tried to promote himself and, and, and ask Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus came back with the parable of the Good Samaritan and made the old boy see that it don't have to be about your brotherhood or your sisterhood. It don't have to be about your familyhood. When you need help, God always got a ram in the bush. Because your family might not help you. Your church might not help you. If it's a real church, they'll help you. But if it's a selfish spirit in the pulpit, it's going to be a selfish spirit among the people too. Whatever's up here is going to be out here in the people. We teach love and the word of God here, so that's what's in the people. We all know we jacked up. If we don't know it, then hello. Hello, lights. Let that light come on. Switch that light on. You got to understand that you jacked up too. All of us are. That's why Christ died for us. Because the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. Christ knew all about us before he ever got involved with any of us. Because he made us. So he made an inferior man. And he already knew what he was going to have to do in the end game. The last part of Michael 6, 8 is to walk humbly with thy God. We've dealt with justly. We've dealt with mercy. Now we'll deal with walking humbly with thy God. And we're out here. To walk humbly with thy God means to have the right image of yourself. And what I mean by that is understand that we're a man and he is God. Well, let me put it like this. Don't get too big for your britches. Having the right image of ourselves as children of God humbles us, puts us in a position where we need to know and understand that even though we are made in the image and the likeness of God, we are not God. That's walking humbly. With thy God. Because sometimes we can promote ourselves in our own insanity. And our insanity will make us think that we are something more than what we really are. We need to be sober about who we are. Amen? Amen. We need to be vigilant about the adversary that's coming up against us. Amen? Amen. We need to learn how to do some self-talk. To ourselves, you know, like the product of the son, he started giving himself some self-talk. As I 
heard the preacher say this morning, you know, he started giving himself self-talk. You, know, you got to learn how to talk to yourself until you get to where you need to be. Did you hear what I said? Don't ever stop talking to yourself because self needs to be talked to. Self does. Because self is a fool. Self is selfishness. That's why I call it self. That's what self is. And self has to be talked to through the word of God. Otherwise, self will have you in a place where you don't need to be. Because somebody's going to talk to you inside of you. There's about usually about three voices, God's voice, your voice, and the devil's voice. But now if you're schizoid, you might have a few more up in there. You might. Lucy might come out. Jimmy. Hope too. Mm-hmm. Godzilla. Whole lot of things might come up out of there if it's like that. Pray it ain't. We at least got three. We got us, the individual. We got God trying to talk to us. And we got the devil trying to talk to us. Now, we lay a lot of things on the devil, but most of the time is our own silly self. Because like I heard another preacher say that I was visiting the other day, the self-righteous one. I heard him say, and he was right. I'm going to get a man his props when he's right. He, he, he spoke about the, the, the situation, how a lot of times we lay things on the, on the devil, but it ain't the devil. The devil don't have no power over us. God, Jesus took that. But when we open the door to the devil, the devil just come right on in and mix in with our spirit, and he just do a little thing. He sends his demons to get in us to do what he's going to do. Because Satan is not omnipresent, but he's got a team of demons that work for him. And they go around looking who they can get in and who they can get into and do their little mischievous work. But in my closing, I want you to understand, there's a murderous spirit in this world today. A murderous spirit. That's preying on the weak and the unchallenged and those who can't do for themselves. He say, love mercy. That means treat the foreigner the same way you treat yourself. Now, I know we can't bring in everybody. There has to be some type of regulation. But we're blaming others for the problem when we ourselves, I'm talking about this nation and the leadership of this nation created the problem along the way. As long as it was profitable to use people to clean your toilets, to pick your fruits, as long as it was profitable, was nobody saying nothing. See, this nation uses people. God's not pleased with us. And we put our trust in politics. Yeah, we do. I don't like politics. Man can't do nothing for me. 
I had a politician wanting to come up in here and speak to my people. I said, no, you don't come up here with no politics. The only thing up in here is the word of God. You can come up in here and hear the word, but you ain't bringing that mess up in here like they brought Bernie Sanders downtown the other day. No, you ain't coming up in here with that mess. This is not a place for politics. I don't care nothing about how you feel about Mr. Trump, Mr. Obama, Mr. Bush, or nobody else. Only thing I'm doing is praying for them because that's what the Word of God tells me to do. I ain't taking no sides on nothing. I'm on God's side. Everybody that's on God's side, say amen. amen. Because we can get caught up in all this foolishness. And that's all it is, foolishness, a bunch of lies. And people don't never let you have nothing. Every time they say they give you something, you can bet they're taking something over here. You better wake up. You better wake up to the craftiness of men. The Bible says we are no longer children tossed to and fro by every slate and craft of men. That's what God's word says. If you want to get in the right government, you need to get into the right government with God. Get into the government of God. And if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says not only does it say it, it declares that all these other things will be added to you. All. And he didn't say some. And it didn't bring man in. Because God knows who to hook you up with. God knows. See, we try to be the one who hook ourselves up and build our network. Let God build your network. Amen. Amen. I say let God build your network. Because when God does it, God does it right. Most of the time, I just let God handle things. Because when God handles things, can't nobody blame it back on me. God does it. But every once in a while, i got to step out. Because that's my job. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, before I close, that we've got to understand that our God is an awesome God. Our God loves us, our God died for us, our God created us, and our God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He says, I'm with thee even until the end of the age. That's all the way. Now, I know sometimes we might not feel like that. I know sometimes we don't feel like faith is faith because we're all going through. But I will say this much. Weeping may come for a night, but joy will come in the morning. There will be a time when God resurrects joy back in your life because the joy of the Lord is your strength, and God knows that. And God is not going to forsake joy from us too long to the point where it will destroy us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise in the house.
So we are once again thankful and grateful for the word. Amen. We want to also acknowledge and we want to say we're thankful and grateful um, for Brother Carl's wife being with us, Joanne. We just 